everybody. Welcome back this week and thanks for joining us on another episode. We are so excited to be with you this week. Um, thank you to everybody who has continued to give us uh, those ratings and reviews and for all of the uh, posts that you've been putting out on social media sharing this. We really appreciate all the support that we're getting and we're so excited to be back with you this week. Welcome back. It's funny, when Andrew goes to talk and he like opens the podcast, I sit here thinking like, man, is that a recording or is that him? Because you do such a good job of like, I don't know, like it's like that radio intro, whereas I am <laughs> not that polished whenever I talk, so <laughs> it kind of sounds like it's been I'm, pre-recorded. I'm a robot over here. <laughs> and then he gets back into his casual mode, but we're excited that you're with us again this week. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be going to be talking about something that actually in one of our um, questionnaires that we put on Instagram, we got a little bit of feedback back on um, a couple questions on that kind of sparked us. We've spent a couple weeks just kind of talking about things and coming up with ideas here um, based on those questions that were received and that feedback that we received. Um, So we're going to do our best today and see what we get. Yeah. uh, If I am completely honest, though, I have been avoiding this one. Uh, We're talking about marriage today. And we have gotten several questions. We've gotten several people uh, asking us, hey, when are you going to talk about marriage? When are you going to do that on the podcast? And I have told Andrew from the get-go, let's have a guest. Let's, you know, interview a guest on that one. And I had a friend this week say, no, like, I'd really love to hear from you guys. And we have been married four years, four and a half years about. And I just feel like I never want people to think that we have it all together. Or that we think that we do. Or we think that we do because we definitely don't. Or that we have all the answers and I don't know. Um, It's a constantly changing thing and it is so individualized to every marriage. Right, absolutely. What works for us may not work for you. So go into this today realizing that hey, if this doesn't work for you, that's fine. Like you have to find that balance and you have to find what works for you. Right. And if you're not married, if you're engaged, if you're dating, even if you're single, um, I'm not going to tell you you can't, but I really want to encourage you. Don't feel like, well, I'm not married, so this isn't going to apply. Because I think a lot of these principles that we try to um, live our life by and that we try to make you know proactive in our marriage are not just principles that are good for marriage, but it's principles that if you're dating somebody are really applicable to that relationship. Um, or if you're single and you hope to be married one day, it's things that you can think on. And I think that even some of these are good, applicable um, little little pieces of information that can be really applied to any relationship, any friendship yeah, at all. I agree. But I will say that later on we're going to try to do one uh, on dating, just a, a separate episode on dating. Yeah. Andrew has done several series on um, dating in the past when he has taught uh, youth groups and stuff like that. So I think he's got a lot of really good insight there. Me, uh, I'll do my best to kind of just be the amen corner, but we will get to that. So I just wanted to let you all know that. But uh, we're going to go ahead and jump in. And the day, the way we're going to start today is we want you guys to see that we are real people we struggle with real things and we are not perfect. So we're going to share like a couple things that we uh, have had to work through a uh, little, a couple aspects that we have learned about each other. And before we even start with that, I just want to start this podcast off by saying, if you have not read Gary Thomas's book called Sacred Marriage, you have to. 
because it is so good. It's the gift that we get every engaged couple um, whenever they get engaged because it is so good. And he talks about marriage making us um, holy rather than happy. And so as we talk about these differences, try to go into this with the mindset that marriage has been designed and set up for you. You're living with someone who sees your flaws, the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that. And that is a refining process. And so that being said, talking a little bit about us, Andrew, do you want to start with something that? So one thing that I had to, um, I had to really work on my patience with, uh, was Lauren is that I'm, um, I'm a detail person and I'm very, like I'm the kind of person that when I get something and I take it out of the package, I like to read the entire instruction manual and owner's manual. Mm-hmm. So I understand how it works and if it malfunctions, why it's malfunctioning and how to take it apart and how to fix it so that I just, I don't know, that's how I've always functioned on things. And so um, recently I uh, we got this new um, hot water kettle for making tea or pour over coffee or whatever you'd like to use it for. But it's one of those quick boil, you put water in it and... Um, turn it's, it on and it boils in like less than two minutes. It's crazy. And it's beautiful. He got it for, for me for my birthday. And so the one of the things I, of course, she got it for her birthday and she gets it and she's so excited to make tea. And I was like, all right, let's read the manual. And so I got it out and I spent half an hour reading it. And one of the things that says in it is um, after heating the water, any of the water that you don't use, be sure to pour out um, because it can cause mineral build up and it can even cause the inside of it to start rusting. Um, and so tonight we were getting ready to start. Um, and Lauren said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make some hot tea real quick. And I said, I'll get the water for you. And I went to turn it on and I was like, babe, you didn't pour the water out last time. And I was just instantly, I was like, oh no, like it's not done right. And there's so many things like that, that it's in reality, is it really going to hurt anything in the world? No, probably not. But it's just the way my brain works. A lot of those things, Lauren, I don't want to say it's careless about, but it's... <laughs> Depends on the day. I'm just, doesn't, I can be lazy. <laughs> it doesn't mean as much to her. And so she just, you know, things We're like forgetful. that. We're forgetful. I, I, I tend yeah. to be forgetful. And, and so those little things to me, when we first got married, it was stuff like, you know, I'd see just little things like that. And I'm like, oh, why can't she just do this? Like, mm-hmm. why can't, you know, I would never say anything, but it would just, it would be so easy for me to just like... I would open the tea kettle, for example, and see it, and I would just get all huffy and, like, storm over the sink and dump <laughs> it out really fast. And it's like, what is that actually fixing? What is that improving? So, um, Another thing, which everything that he's saying is 110% accurate. Like, I'm not denying any of that. Um, I'm probably not the easiest person to live with. Um, another thing about us that is different that I had to work through early on was... Um, so, Andrew is more of a privately I mean I would say we're both more more or less romantics um we both enjoy uh just like you know making each other feel feel special and important and so we like to do romantic things well I learned early on that Andrew is more of a privately romantic person and I'm probably like Elf. I'm in love. I'm in love and I don't <laughs> care who knows like I really don't care and so when we first started dating and we were engaged and stuff, like, I wanted to hold his hand in front of everybody and anybody. And not that he didn't. I mean, he definitely did. But um, that's just an example of I had to understand that. And, and to this day, even to this day, there are times when I'm like, oh, 
he's not even paying attention to me. And, you know, as, as women, sometimes we just want to be like doted on. And that is so not the case with him. It's not that he's not paying attention to me. He is so, so much, like he said, detail oriented that like oftentimes when we're at a place or we're doing something, he has something very specific in mind that he's focused on and he's accomplishing or he's doing, or when he talks to you, he is very, very present. So if he's talking to someone and I'm like leaning on him, trying to hug him, well, of course he's not going to lean into a hug because he's invested in a conversation. So I had to learn that just because he's not, you know, publicly displaying the way he feels about me doesn't mean he doesn't care. So just a couple little, for sake of time, I I won't keep going, but there's just a, it's a couple little, little examples for you guys that are listening that, you know, if you, if you don't know us on a personal level, that gives you a little insight. If you do know us on a personal level and, you've never, you know, seen these sides, then, you know, maybe that helps you out as well. So, and can I just close out that little, um, thought by saying your spouse isn't going to know what you like and what you don't like if you don't tell them. So obviously we worked through these things because Andrew looked at me and said, Hey, like, I need you to take better care of things. Obviously there are still times when I don't do that. Right. I try though. But Hey, it's always, uh, marriage is a process, you know, um, I feel like it's uh, it's always got to be uh, you know worked worked on continually. You can't just mm-hmm. you know you can't just expect it to happen. Um, you can't just expect it to just grow on its own and everything turn out perfect. But it definitely right. it takes a lot of work. Yeah, one of the questions that we got that came through was um, what works for your marriage or what has worked for you guys. And I think that in order for us to really talk about those things. The whole podcast is really going to be centered around that. But I'm going to let um, Andrew just kind of start and talk because I think if we don't start with like the scriptural underlying um, parts of marriage that the foundation, then we won't have an understanding for really the purpose behind behind marriage in general. Yeah. Um, the Bible has, I mean, there's so many, so many scriptures. You can get lost trying to find all of the scriptures about marriage that are in the Bible. Um, but one of the one of the big ones is in Proverbs. Uh, the Bible says that he that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and the faith, favor of the Lord. Um, and we can all agree if you find a wife, you found a good thing. But the cool part about that is that it says and the favor of the Lord. Um, so marriage is definitely a biblical thing. It's a thing that God intended from the beginning. Um, and we see all throughout the Bible that there are examples of um, teaching us that as as the man or the male figure there um, in the in the marriage and the family that we are supposed to be the head of the household. We're supposed to be the spiritual leader. Uh, we're supposed to be the ones who are leading the way um, in in what what we're doing in our church life and our spiritual life and our life with God and the life in the world. Um, we're supposed to be the protector. We're supposed to be the one who teaches honor. We're supposed to be the one who is loving. Um, and all these things are, are very important to having uh, a good marriage and having a successful marriage and having good, good relationships just in general, um, is understanding our role as men, what we are uh, designed to do and what we are supposed to be doing. Um, in Genesis, uh, I believe it's chapter 2 and verse 18, um, God had created the heavens and the earth and all the animals and created Adam. And at the end of every day of creation, he would create something and it would say, and God looked at it and he said, it is good. 
and he went through all of these things. And the first thing that God ever said was not good is that he created Adam and he said, it is not good that man is alone. And he said, so I will create him. I will make him a, a helpmate. And that's when he created Eve. And um, it's very important to to understand that the the definition of there uh, of what that is is your your wife is your helpmate. She's not your personal servant. Um, she's not she's not someone that you throw all the dirt to that you don't want to deal with. But she's there to help you. Um, also, keep in mind with that that you're supposed to get help. Yeah, we want to be men and we want to be the tough guy. And it's easy to say, well, I don't need help with this, or I can deal with this, or I can I can I don't have to talk about this, or I can work through this struggle or this stress, but no, she was designed, God created, because he said it's not good that we be alone, and he created uh, women to be our help. Um, I think it's also very important that in your relationship and in your marriage, um, it's easy whenever we read the the term, the protector, uh, that we're supposed to protect the family and protect the women. Um I believe it's in 1 Corinthians that it talks about them being the weaker vessel. A lot of times we think the protector and we're like, oh, I go to the gym, big <laughs> muscles. I'm going to pound every guy that looks at it wrong. I'm the protector. Well, protecting goes a lot farther past that. But I think protecting also applies to how do you treat your wife every day? Because if you're willing to pound any guy that looks at it wrong, but you go home and you talk down to her continually, mm. you're, you might be protecting her physically, but you're destroying her mentally and you're destroying her emotionally. Um, and so protection goes far beyond uh, just the physical realm. You have to protect her spiritually in your prayer life, in your fasting, in what you're willing to sacrifice for her. You have to protect her mentally in how you treat her and how you allow others to treat her and uh, what you allow her to get involved in and what what she's um, you know what she dedicates her time and herself to. And you have to you have to protect her emotionally in how you show your love how you express that, how you tell her, you know, whether whatever your your love language is and however you feel that works for you, let her know that you love her. Let let her know that you you will do anything for her. Christ says the Bible says that we should love our wives as Christ loved the church. And Christ gave up his entire life to prove that I love you more than anything. I would give up my life. I would give up everything for you in order for you to know that. Um, and so I think it's very important that we we love our wives and uh, I'll finish this part of it with this is as the protector, um, as as you do all of these things, it's very important that you lead by doing just that, by leading, not by bossing, because while it is your job to lead and it is your job to make sure that she's protected and she's not harmed in any manner, you are also are not the ruler over her. You are you are not a dictator, but you are someone there and she is there to help you and so it's not our job as men to say, well, you're not allowed to, or you can never, or I don't want you doing this career or this job because I don't think. Now, if it's something you pray about, yeah, definitely, you know, use wisdom there, but don't let your mindset and your decisions and your ideas be what controls her life simply because you say, well, I'm the head of this household. So you talked a lot there about... Sorry. No, 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 no. I didn't mean to say a lot. <laughs> No, it was all good, good things. I'm, I just mean, you talked about the roles, right. basically like the role as yeah. the husband there. And so I want to just kind of piggyback off that and kind of say, so you described the husband being like, you know, as Christ is for the body and he gave everything. And, you, you know, obviously um, he died on the cross 
for for the church and um in that way you know husbands they die daily you know they give of themselves for us wives and we can't imagine the burden that they carry like one of the things is that i think about is i want I want my husband to hear me pray over him. I want him to know that I pray for him, that I pray that he has the wisdom of Solomon because I understand that the role that he has in our family is not one that he takes lightly. And so let your husband hear your respect through the way you pray for him. Pray for him so that he hears you. Um, And I think that's a really powerful thing. And I think that shows respect for him. And that kind of goes into our role, you know, talking about that submission um, and it's easier to submit someone to someone knowing that they they're dying to themselves for you. It's it's easier whenever you think about that. Like you know, he is dying of his will to provide and to take care of me and to be the protector. And so, um, Andrew, would you agree? A lot of times people say that, um, like the number one thing that a husband or like a man wants is to be respected. Yeah, absolutely. I think that could, if it's not the number one, I would say it's really high on the list for yeah. for men. And so I, um, I think a lot about humiliation and like definitely public hum- humiliation, but even we were talking about it today, like private humiliation was like one of the quickest ways to make anybody feel disrespected. Absolutely. And so I think I, I always go back to Proverbs um, chapter 27, verse 15, where it says um, a quarrelsome wife is like a dripping, the dripping of a leaky roof in a rainstorm. And then verse 16 says that restraining her is like restraining the wind or grasping oil in the hand. And so it's like if you are quarrelsome, if you are humiliating your husband, if you are nagging him, like you are so hard to tame that you're like trying to grasp the wind. And I just think, like, I do not want to be that way. That's such a strong analogy, too, yeah. to think about trying to, like, control the wind and catch oil. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, wow. Right. And so, you know, as wives, we are called to be encouragers. We are called to be the helper. We are called to be a comforter for our husband. Um, like Andrew said in Genesis, the first thing that um, God said was not good was for man to be alone. And so we are to relieve his loneliness. And one of the things that I like to think about a lot um, whenever I think about submission is I want Andrew to feel like I encourage him to follow the leading of God in our lives. I shouldn't be questioning Every time he makes a decision or every time he says, you know, I feel like this is what we should do. If every time he says that, I say, I don't know about that. Are you sure? Um, And a lot of times our intentions are are pure when we do that. We just want to make sure, you know, our family is going in the right direction. But every time that we do that, that is just chipping away at that pride. That's, I don't, that's. I mean, am I wrong, Andrew? It's kind of like saying, I don't trust you. I don't know that you know what you're doing. Right. And it's, like you said, it's not the message of what you're saying as much as it is how it's said there. Um, let me put it on a more simple example maybe to help somebody. Is if you're if you're in the role um, that maybe your husband pays all the bills for you and you just want to say, hey, don't forget that, you know, the internet payment is due tomorrow. It's a lot easier to say it in that kind of manner Instead of saying, hey, did you remember to pay the internet? Yeah. It's just the, 
the tone of your voice and maybe the way that you word it. And that's, that's a very simple elementary example there, but apply that to whatever it works in your life. You know, if your husband has a job that sometimes he has to work late and he comes home, it, it can mean a lot more to a man for you to say, like, I really appreciate you working hard for our family Mm -hmm. than it will for you to say, are you going to be late again tomorrow? Mm -hmm. You may mean the same thing. Um, but just how it's perceived, the they it, yeah it just it changes a lot for yeah, the man. Language is everything. Yeah, like it it has so much weight, and so that goes back to the importance of our prayer life. Like if you have found your fulfillment and your contentment, if you have gotten up and you've spent that time in prayer, and you have guarded and you have prayed over your your tongue for that day, um, it's a lot. It's not a lot easier. I mean, we constantly have to work at that, but right. we're already in the vein of, of being aware of what we're saying and how we need to say it um, and allowing the Holy Spirit to guide and to lead us in that. And one thing in kind of talking about the roles there, anytime that we, that God has ordered something in the Bible and there is um, any type of structure or order in how something is to be done and we are dismissive to that, or we do not follow that order, then there's going to be division. And so if if there is tension in your marriage, if there is constantly just, you know, this back and forth, and you feel like you're not on the same page at all, then take time to re- reevaluate. Um, you know, wives, are you are you trying to, have you been trying to take charge? Are you speaking over him in a way that's correcting? Um, are you trying to find and point out the things in him that you want to change rather than praying for him and praying that God would help you to encourage him to be the man of God that he's called him to be? Because your job is not to change him. Your job is not to to correct him. Your job is to love and to support him. And I know that seems really hard, but if you don't feel like he's leading in the right way, if you don't feel like he's guiding your family in the way that you would hope to, then your job is to pray about it. I'm not saying that you can't speak your mind. I'm not saying that at all. Communication is essential. Right, and we, we are a team. We are a unit. However, if you haven't spent time praying for your spouse, then we really have to reevaluate the way that we're operating in that system. Right. And I think, um, I think absolutely right. Communication is key. I think the intent of your communication, um, is, is really what a lot of that boils down to. Are you communicating it for the sake of trying to improve your life, your marriage, your relationship, or are you communicating it for the sake of proving a point? Um, Whenever you go into a disagreement, a discussion, um, whatever it is, you know, any kind of conversation that you're having with your spouse with the intent or the hope or the goal of proving them wrong, I'm sorry to say, but you're you're doing marriage the wrong way. And I would I would stand by that 100 percent no matter what, because marriage is not um, before we got married. I remember reading some things on on marriage and relationship and I read something so powerful one time is it said that so many times marriage is a you know it's it's a give and take and it's you know 50% give 50% take and the I can't remember who it was but the author I was reading at the time said this is one of the worst pieces of advice that you could give to someone who's newly married or is about to be get married getting married because it's not give and take marriage is 100% give it should be every day you giving your all 
to to this relationship and to making this work. And so if you're going into an, into a discussion or if you're bringing something up and and talking to your spouse with the with the hope and the sake of proving them wrong or you know proving your point and making your side of the conversation the right side of the conversation, you're doing it wrong um, because if one of you is losing, the whole marriage is losing. Right. You guys operate as one. You are one body. You are one piece. And if you're following the will of Christ and the design that God had for you, then then in order for your marriage to win, in order for your marriage to be successful, you both have to win. Right. And I'm not saying you can't disagree. I'm, I'm not saying you can't have a, a differing opinion, but I'm saying what is the intent of your heart whenever mm-hmm. you approach those things? Yeah, that makes me think of that quote that I talked about in the Forget Your Pet Peeves episode mm-hmm. um, where Bob Goff quotes, and he talks about how we are to be one, we're not to be the same. Right. So, like, you are not supposed to be the same as your spouse. I'm sorry, but you would not like being married to yourself. <laughs> I would not like being married to myself. Um, you have been brought together with your unique abilities for a reason. And so you're going to see things in a different way and you are to be the body. And so you are a unit. You're going to work better in ministry and life and parenting at, at home, at your job. If you can do it by encouraging your spouse to be the best they can be, even if that's different than you. Right. Absolutely. Especially if that's different than you. Yeah. Um, Family therapist Teresa Thomas has a has a kind of three step process that if you're experiencing um, conflict or frustration or complication with your spouse, she has a three step process that she suggests using, and I think it's it's very applicable and usable in most situations. Um, if you're have having a disagreement and it's something that maybe you just feel like you're not on the same page about, and it's just the the conversation's escalating really quickly, or it's getting emotional, or it's getting heated. She says to stop and and just step back from it and take a minute. And she says, whenever you come back to the conversation, your three things that you should have that you're willing to share is what you are feeling, what you are believing, and owning what you did. And the the interesting thing about all three of those is it's not owning what or pointing out what the other person did or or blaming them, but all three of those she says come back to the conversation with the three points about yourself. What are you feeling? What are you believing? And what are you owning up to that you did? Um, and a quick example that she uses is uh, a husband that maybe has an office job and he has to work late hours. And um, whenever he gets home, his wife is always nagging and saying, well, you're always at the office late and you don't put your your family first and your priorities are, are out of line. And she's saying his feeling could be that like he's he's working so hard to provide for his family. He believes that he's doing the right thing, working every single week. And then the part that I think is the hardest part for us to do, because we can tell how we're feeling really easily um, and why we're doing what we're doing. But owning up to maybe the thing that's not easy, as she said at the end of it, is being honest and saying to his wife, I'm not coming home because you're always nagging. And so if I get the opportunity to stay at the office, I'm doing that. Mm. And she said, that's the hard part, that if you can speak that, that's going to improve your relationship. And a lot of the stuff that um, if you if you read any of his books or listen to any of his uh, his information that he puts out, Patrick Lencioni talks about that a lot about just it's not an easy thing to do. But if you meet conflict head on and you're willing to be wide open and say, you know what, this is this is what I'm doing and this is the reason I'm doing it. 
you can be really transparent there and give your spouse, give the other person in that relationship the opportunity and the availability to understand why you're doing what you're doing. And from that, you guys can come to a resolution together. Wow, that's so good. There's so much that you said right there that I just want to tag on to. There are so many thoughts that I have running through my head. And the first thing that I want to mention is with conflict uh, that has, I feel like, been a big help for us is not to use the words never or always in conflict. Um, Several people recommend this. You hear this a lot in marriage counseling. When you say never or you say always, those are fighting words. Like you're automatically telling, I mean, when is that ever true? That you never have done this or you always make me feel like I'm less, you know, whatever it is. Just don't use those words. Right. I mean, let's get practical. Let's really look at the situation. How about we switch our language around? And and I love those three tips. And even saying, you know, rather than saying, you make me feel this way. Saying, you know, I feel when. You know, stop yeah. using that you language. Um, because it can be really hurtful and it can cause us to be defensive. Another thing that you were talking about is um, in that example when he comes home. And that there's... Con- there's um, right away those accusations. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think is so important for us as wives, um, is when your husband comes home, make your house a place where he feels encouraged and loved. And I know I've said that so many times, but when you're, when your husband walks through the front door, what is your response? Do you stop cooking? Do you stop reading? Do you, whatever you're doing, are you stopping what you're doing to greet him and make him feel loved, to make him feel like he is cherished in his home, that he's respected? Because if you just continue doing what you're doing, if you don't even greet him, if you don't even acknowledge him, you're not showing him respect. Why would he want to come home? If he, there's no greeting, if there's no excitement from his family. And then, you know, we, we don't have children yet, but Kind of. She'll be here here soon. But I always think, like, I want my kids to see that mom adores her dad. I want my kids to see that we care for one another. And I'm her example. You know, I'm going to be my child's example. I want her to see that we love one another and we care. And so... One of the things that just never dismiss the value of making sure your your husband feels excited to come home. Give him a reason to want to rush home. Right. And if if you're thinking, well, my husband's not like he doesn't care. It doesn't matter. Try try taking 30 days. Take one month and apply this and see see if he doesn't seem happier to walk in the door. Yeah. Because maybe he doesn't care because guys are not as you know, as emotional and guys are not as, you know, heartfelt about things sometimes, I guess you could say. But the truth of it is um, that that is that is a, a game changer for guys. And if it seems like they wouldn't care, um, I can I can almost promise you if you take one month of doing that, as opposed to him coming in, like lugging his work stuff and going to his desk and sitting down and just getting right back to work, he's going to start walking in the door saying, hey, how was your day? What's going on? What are we having for dinner? Can I help yeah. you with something? Because he's going to feel that love from the moment he walks in the door. So, um, yeah, if you don't think it would work for you, what's it going to hurt to try it? Just yeah. try it out. And I don't want to act like we're completely ignoring that not all roles are traditional here. Like, right. we understand that maybe 
maybe the wife is the one that's coming home and the husband's home first because she's been working. Whatever that is, when you come home, when you walk in the door, just be happy to see your spouse. Right. Let them know that you're excited. And I'm not going to act like I'm perfect. This is something that I work on. It's not easy for me. Um, one thing, I mean, that I think about is a lot of times first thing in the morning is Andrew is a morning person and he's so good at like starting the day off right and he'll jump out of bed and get my coffee for me and just be like what can I do to help you and I'm just like barely talking I'm like (laughs) like don't talk to me right now but by the time my coffee gets in my system and I get to work I feel guilty because I'm like oh my gosh he was so generous and kind and patient with me this morning but you know what I try to do in those moments when I feel that way is to send him a text and to say, listen, I just want you to know that I hope that you have a great day. And these things that you did for me this morning meant so much to me. And like listing those out for him, because if I don't tell him, how will he know? And if he doesn't feel appreciated, why should he keep doing those things? So if your spouse does something for you that you appreciate, find those things Um, you might think, yeah, right. He doesn't do anything for me. No, I'm sure there's something, you know, even, even if you feel like, you know, you're not sure what your spouse does for you, but they work, thank your spouse. Yeah. You know, let them know, thank you for providing for our family. Right. Whatever it is that they do, whatever their, they, their role is in, in your marriage, find those things so that they feel appreciated and And, valued. And guys are a, uh, and I, I say this about a lot of things and it's, I think it holds very true. Men are very simple creatures. Um, and if wives, females, if you start showing attention to things, uh, and I believe there's actually even psychology studies that prove this, but you can do that research yourself. But if you start showing attention to things and thanking men for them, we're such simple creatures that we enjoy it so much that we, without decision, without consciously knowing so, our subconscious brain says, hey, let's do more things because we enjoy this feeling so much. (laughs) And so when you say, hey, thank you for doing this. I really appreciate that. Before you know it, next time you go to take out the trash, oh, he already took it out and I didn't even have to ask him this time. Because that appreciativeness and that thankfulness, I don't know. I don't know what the science is behind how the (laughs) men's brain works. But when we get that, we're like, ooh, I need some more of that. And so you just, you kind of just function in a way that, um, starts filling in those gaps that, yeah. that you've been missing. And I think that's anybody. When you feel good about yourself and what you've done, you want to do it again. Yeah. Anytime you feel appreciated. Yeah. Um, one, I, I want to get your opinion on this, Lauren. So there's the verse in the Bible that says um, that the man is to leave his mother and father and cleave to his wife. Yeah. Um, what is What does that mean to you? What is How does that... How is that applicable in mm. in our marriage um, or in marriages today in the in the world that we live in? So I feel like this can be it can be a touchy thing, depending on kind of how in depth you go. But I really believe that it's not to dismiss the family that you come from. You know, right. you, you still honor and you respect your family. But when you get married, you the two of you are your own family unit, right. and that is where. We are to abide. That is where our respect, you know, we have to respect and prefer one another. Ooh, and this is hard because I know, like, when we first got married, one thing that was hard for me is I've always been super close to my family, like, my parents and my sister. And so I have told them everything. And that, when we first got married, 
that adjustment of I don't go to them for or tell them everything first. It's okay. Now I tell you everything first. And, um, it, it can be a difficult transition at first if, mm-hmm. if you have other people that you've always shared things with. But I, I really think that if we follow that order that God has placed, then he will bless our marriage. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think that can apply, uh, to a lot of situations, but, um, that the, the termage of that, that you're to cleave to your wife or, or you're basically, you're to, I mean, you're supposed to stick to their side and have their back no matter what. Yeah. Um, and when I think of that, I think of, um, if, if somebody's, whether that's family or not, if somebody's dogging on you, even if they're right in dogging on you, if you've done something wrong and they're airing it out, I've got your back no matter what. You should never be talking negatively of your spouse to somebody else. Yeah. Never give grounds for the enemy to work its way into your marriage mm-hmm. like that. If someone comes to you and it says, dude, my wife, like, I cannot stand it when she, like, just be like, yo, bro, talk to her and figure that out. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm not saying don't have a friend that you don't talk to because you need that conversation sometimes to to say, hey, what would you do in this situation? Or, hey, like, this is what we've been struggling with. How would you handle this? But if all you're doing is just going and speaking negative of your spouse to somebody else, I don't think that's right at all. I believe that God intended for you to say, this is the person that I have chosen, and this is the person that God has blessed me with in my life, and I'm going to stand by them no matter what. Yeah, and if you don't support your spouse, who will? If you're not the one to be talking wonderful things about them and telling everyone, you know, they are so good at this, or I'm, I love the way that they do this. Um, even when it's hard, even when maybe you don't feel like you guys are in sync or on the same page about something, if you can, and I'm not saying be fake, I'm saying find the things that you love about your spouse, find those traits and qualities and let other people know that. Like, you know, I love to be able to say, I love how detail oriented Andrew is because it balances out the way that I'm a big picture person. And just like being able to speak on those things because you're exactly right. Like if your spouse doesn't do it, who, who's going to do it? And yeah, yeah, I think that nothing makes a, a wife feel more protected, safe, or valued than knowing that no matter who or, yeah, no matter who says something or does something or makes you feel less important than than maybe you should or than the way God sees you, then your your husband is behind you no matter who or what happens. Yeah, definitely. I think the, the last piece of advice that I would have to give in, in this episode anyway is, um, guys, make sure that she knows every day, no matter what, that she knows how you feel, that you love her, that you think she's beautiful, that she is the whole world to you. Tell her over and over and over. It's easy that you have a disagreement or you get frustrated or, you know, whatever it is, it's easy to kind of kind of get in that groove of like, we've been married long enough and you start to maybe you get frustrated about things and you say things to your wife or you talk to your wife in ways that in your first year of marriage, maybe you never would have talked to her like that. You would have never treated her like that. And I think for me anyway, um, I think an easy way to kind of check yourself on that is if things are getting complicated and you guys are having a, a discussion and a disagreement, if the way you're talking to her 
is not something you would be okay with a total stranger saying to her. You have no right speaking to her that way. If you would not stand by and let a complete stranger talk to her that way, it shouldn't be coming out of your mouth. Because I know me personally, if I was standing there and some stranger starts chewing my wife out, he better get ready to hit the floor. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it all to just knock him out. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's probably not the right thing to say. It's definitely not the right thing to say. But you, you get what I'm saying is I'm, I'm not going to let somebody run her over and treat her horribly. And so, therefore, I should never speak things. I should never do things that are any, any level of that as well. Treat her like she is the gift that God has given you. And let her know every day that you love her no matter what. I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> um, though I guess maybe then the last thing that I would say and the last piece of advice that I would give, um, I don't even know if it'll have value to anybody else, <laughs> but uh, for me, I try every day to make one priority of Andrew's my priority. And let me give you an example. Um, when we first got married, something that has just been important to me is making the bed just because that's the way my parents were. We always made our beds in the morning. And so it just makes me feel better. And so somehow we've just kind of adopted this system of like whoever gets up last and ends up making the bed. But when we first got married, it wasn't necessarily a priority to Andrew. Like it wasn't like something that was part of his everyday routine. Um, but he very quickly adopted that and began to just kind of make the bed every day. And so because he made that a priority, especially first thing in the morning, like I saw that like anytime I'd get out of the shower and I saw the bed was made, like I felt so loved because I was like, wow, he made it a priority, something that was important to me, but is honestly kind of silly. I mean, it's really not that big of a deal, but those are the things I'm talking about. Like I'm not saying do absolutely everything on the list. I'm saying if it's important for your husband to, um, if it's important for him to have the, um, I don't know, every example that I'm thinking of, I'm thinking that's stupid. Um, if it's important for him to have something for lunch that day to take to work and you've already thought ahead of time, hey, here are your options. I'm not saying that you necessarily have to pack his lunch every day. He probably would love that. But the simple things of letting him know that you've already thought about it, like something that is important to him, think about it one thing every day and make it your priority because that's just showing to him that he cares. And whenever you see how much it means to him, you'll continue and you'll want to make more than one thing a priority. Yeah, I think that's really good. I think that's really, and like you said, that's something that will go both ways too. You know, you'll, um, if you, like, I, I'll go back to just saying men are simple creatures. And if you start to do that for your husband, he's going to pick up on that. And he's going to say, well, maybe I should start to do some of these things as well. Man, I feel like this topic, um, we went a little longer than we usually do, but I feel like there's just so much that you can, you can really dig, dig deep into and that you can uncover with this. Um, and I have a feeling, I don't know when, but I have a feeling we'll probably have a, have another part two, uh, talking about marriage at some point in the future. Or probably maybe definitely a guest talking about it or yeah. something. So. And, uh, and then also as Lauren mentioned at the beginning, we're, we're going to have a whole entire thing on, on dating at some point. So keep looking for that. That's going to be coming to you at some point in the future. Um, I hope that our, our examples of, uh, of what we live by and our kind of mottos that we follow in our marriage, I hope that maybe they've helped you. Maybe they've uncovered something for you. Maybe they've shed light on something that you can say, you know, 
maybe I need to study God's word about this, or maybe I need to pray about this, or maybe me and my spouse need to sit down and have a conversation and, and figure some things out. Um, I'm not saying that we're perfect and I'm not saying we have it all together, but we just hope and pray that whatever we shared today, that some piece of it maybe touches your relationship and touches your marriage and, and gives you a little bit of hope in something that you've been dealing with. Because marriage is designed by God and it's to edify us. And so we want it to be good. It should be good. You should love your spouse and your marriage and it should be something that you value. So we pray that this has been a blessing to you. And um, if it has, then share it with somebody. We really appreciate all of you. We're praying for you and we love you. We'll see you next time.